Hi everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Ken Van Lu from Global Real Estate Strategies. Welcome, Ken. Hello. How are you, everyone? Welcome. Thank you so much, Rama. Thank you very much, Ken. Little bit about Ken. Ken has over 30 years of experience in syndication and development of numerous high-profile real estate developments, totaling more than $1.35 billion in capital investment. He has consistently delivered projects on schedule, under budget, and participated with the largest developers in New York City. Staina, CB Developers, SK Development, Iron State, Forest City, Aishar Continuum, and RFR Holdings, Davis and Partners, and etc. So with that, Kevin, you want to add anything to your background? Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I think it's most important that, you know, everybody knows that I'm, I'm just a normal person. I put my, le- you know, my pants on one leg at a time. And, you know, I just was blessed with the opportunity to build skyscrapers in New York City. But I started with uh, with $10 a week, you know, and my dad told me to go to college. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a long journey to get there, but it was fun. So, you know, I get to pay it forward now. Got it. So how did you get into real estate and development phase again? Yeah, I came into real estate, I guess you would say from the top down, because I, I didn't know much about real estate, but I knew about construction. I had studied in college civil engineering and I had won an award for site development, but I didn't know anything better other than the engineering aspect of it. And as my career grew, I quickly didn't like to sit down at a desk and do calculations. I was more of a, a gregarious guy out there having fun, liking to talk to people. So after about a year of learning how to do site design, I went into construction and was fortunate to get hired by one of the largest companies in the world and started building skyscrapers in New York City, which led me in a real estate direction. That's how it kind of started, but it really started through construction. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. And what is your investment philosophy? Yeah. I mean, my investment philosophy is a little bit different than a lot of people because you know, coming in from a building aspect and everybody has their superpower, you know, you, your specialty was IT, you know, you're very smart with data and finding and analyzing. And my superpower wasn't that, you know, I knew how to, to build and what really drove me into real estate. And I wrote a little bit about it in my book is that in real estate development, there's nine ways to pay fees. And, you know, whether you're in finance or whether you're in, you know, bookkeeping or accounting or development or building or sales, there's some fee that you can keep within, you know, within the, the mix here, you know, or within the family, as you say, or within your company. And what really drove me to go into business is I was sitting there one day going, wow, I just built this $100 million project for someone. And if I could just do it for myself, even if it was $10 million, I could pay myself a 5% fee. And that would have been a half a million dollars. And that's how I kind of transitioned into real estate. It was figuring out how I could pay myself because, you know, I was in a big time position and I didn't really know how to get out without figuring out how to pay myself a, a salary or a fee. And that was what really what made me transition was and, and drove me. Got it. Got it. Share me any one breakthrough moment in your career. 
Yeah. You know, my, my biggest breakthrough moment was when, you know, I, my, I made my daydreaming come true. You know, I was on a, uh, I got invited to a golf outing and, you know, never in, in a million years would I think that I would be in a country club. But as I played that golf round, you know, I really became so confident that, Hey, my knowledge and my expertise that all I had to do was raise money. And, and, you know, my breakthrough was my first project was a $17 million, 113 bed, 72,000 square foot assisted living facility that, you know, really made me have a, a massive breakthrough because not many people can start at that level. And, and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I had the right, the mindset and I knew how to build it. So, you know, if someone out there is thinking about getting into real estate, you know, you don't have to what do they call do analysis paralysis where you're frozen thinking that you have to have know every single thing and be perfect before you get started. Just go out there and take that first step and get started. Got it. Got it. So you, you build a lot of, you know, uh, development uh, projects. So would you share any like, you know, biggest project? And so what, uh, share me like the process and how you got that project and, you know, some, you know, success tips. So, you know, and I think the success system is important, you know, in any type of real estate, whether it's a large project or a, you know, a, a residential project, there's three main components, right? You have to figure out how to find deals. You have to figure out how to fund deals and obviously manage and I call it facilitate the deals. So if you're, you know, if you're building a house, you have to go in and you have to do some drawings and figure out what you're going to build. And then you have to file those drawings and get a permit and then you get approval and then you get your construction loan and then you build it and then you get the certificate of occupancy and you move in. And that process literally is the same for any type of development process. So if you were going to build a skyscraper, you would just repeat that process, you know, say 30 times. It's like almost building houses on top of each other. And, you know, I, I, I say that and it may sound a little silly, but I really try to simplify it that with the right mindset, if you go, OK, I'm going to find a deal, I'm going to fund it and I'm going to facilitate it and you have enough confidence to add a couple zeros, then you can kind of dive into a project that can set you free on one deal. Got it. Got it. Uh, and uh, share me any, any of, you know, your success tips. Yeah. You know, I, I think the, the biggest thing is. Um, you, know, you have to be very consistent and you have to, you know, I would say surrender to a certain aspect where, you know, you can't do this all yourself, you know, and, and the first thing that I always tell people is you have to build a dream team around you and you want to surround yourself with people that know more than you in, in areas that you need to accelerate, you know, the development business. So I think that the key is, you know, building that dream team around you, you know, after you're clear on your vision. And you know, before you can do any of that, you know, it's really, you know, you have to take care of yourself, just like when you're in an airplane, you know, you have to give yourself the oxygen mask before you can help others. You know, and I really think that, you know, getting into real estate development, it's, 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 you know, it's not easy, um, but it's fun in the sense that every day is different. And it's not easy in the sense that it's a constant, you know, daily process that you keep pushing forward, right? That wherewithal and, and you have to have, you know, a vision that, you know, that gives you passion. You know, and and that all comes from mindset and daily routine. And I and I think, you know, one of the most important things, you know, whether you're going to go into multifamily investing, whether it's development and you get clarity around your plan, 
you know, it really comes down to every day blocking time and doing important things that are that are you know critical to what you want in your life, say five years down the road. So time blocking is super critical, you know, on a daily basis also. Yeah, got it. So from mindset point of view, did you face any time, any limiting beliefs? Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for um, people like Tony Robbins and you know, Jack Canfield and Dolph DeRoos and, you know, a bunch of other mentors, um, you know, you know, it's hard sometimes, you know, because you get, you, you know, it's easily, you know, you could easily crawl into a rabbit hole, you know, and I think it's, it's important to surround yourself that, you know, when, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, but, you know, you some, a lot of times you have to bang your, just your thoughts off other people, you know, and that's where it's important to surround yourself with mentorship also. Got it. Got it. So would you share any of your complex development project and what, what kind of challenges you, you have faced? Sure. You know, I have, I have over a hundred acres under development right now. And, you know, we're, some of them were going through the approval processes, others, you know, were getting started with concept, others were breaking ground, you know, and there's always, you know, in, in development, there's always a lot of unanticipated conditions, you know, approvals in certain areas of the country are torturous and other areas of the country, they're, you know, they're, they're welcoming, you know, and, you know, it really comes down to, as I was saying before, you know, being persistent, consistent, having your processes in place. You know, because these properties that we're working on, um, you know, have extensive engineering, civil engineering. You have to structure the deals. They have multiple uses. Our project in North Carolina has a wellness center where we're targeting targeting one of the universities, which will include some medical office buildings. We have some, you know, high end, uh, you know, retail, like you know, where we can do like Chick Fil A's. Not high end retail in the sense of New York City, but you know, you know, like a Chick Fil A or a Panera Bakery. We have vertical residential. We have townhomes, self-storage, flex office. Some of our other projects have affordable housing, market rate housing, you know, in different areas of the country, you know, and, and every project's different, whether it's um, challenged with, you know, today we're having troubles with materials, um, you know, escalating in prices, um, things, some things being a little upside down, you know, it, it, it's what keeps it, it's what keeps it interesting every day, you know, but, you know, those are some of the challenges. So, you know, whether it's an approval or you're trying to get material or figuring out a certain structure or syndicating, you know, a, a development within a development, because when you look at the 45 acre piece, you know, we have, you know, a, a self-storage. So that acts as its own little development. And we have a hundred townhomes and that acts as its own little development, et cetera. So it's just a, uh, I guess a fun but complex process if if you were to compare it, you know, to just doing a wholesale, but it has also a lot of the things similar to doing a wholesale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So what is the typical timeline uh, for your development projects? Yeah, development projects, you know, you know, you could you could basically say, you know, if you were to pick a number, um, you know, it's anywhere from two to three years, you know, before you you, you, you break ground, you know, in some cases where the, and that's where, you know, you're coming in cold with no approvals. Um, you know, New York City is a little different because um, there's as of right, you know, you, you know what you can build, you know, when you own a property, Jersey's a little different. North Carolina, you know, we're actually going in and the first six months of the process is getting the zoning changed. And then the next six months of the process is getting all the engineering and approvals done, more of a site planning approval. And then also like Department of Environmental Protection and 
Department of Transportation. You know, we get all the unappealable approvals before we close on the property. And a lot of times we get these properties for little or no money down contingent upon approval. And that's really one of the secrets that I want to share with everybody. You know, you can buy these big projects for literally no money. Got it. Got it. So from selecting markets or selecting location point of view. So so what kind of research your company or you will do? Yeah, you know, we we don't we keep it pretty simple. You know, I do have some guys that, uh, you know, that we have some, you know, some data researchers and, you know, we go into area and we could scrape and, you know, we have large data sources, you know, but, uh, you know, I, we find that the large data sources, you know, it's it's not our, our number one source of deals. Our number one source of deals is just word of mouth and relationships. You know, we do get deals that come in, you know, what through I call it our filtering system, because, you know, when you have a database of properties, you, you know it better than anybody being in IT, you know, you know, there's a process to filter it and get people to raise their hand, you know, um, you know, of interest. So, you know, so we are doing some, some, I guess I call it uh, machine learning, um, data research where, where we are. I want to move more into the artificial intelligence and bring in some blockchain technology for a fund that we're creating, um, you know, and, and head in that direction. Um, you know, but, you know, one of the strategies that we take, you know, and I call it a blue ocean strategy is, you know, we come in and we talk development and transformation and listen for what's important to the town and, and try to reliably deliver, not try, but reliably deliver what's important to them. And from those relationships, they just lead into other conversations. Like, we, you know, we went to North Carolina, you know, and the town planners like, hey, why don't you talk to this guy or why don't you talk to that guy? And then our planners like, oh, you have to meet such and such. And, you know, through those relationships, we we find deals that, that keep our plate full. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So from permits or, you know, uh, or any other aspects, what are the challenges or different aspects you observe from New York versus North Carolina? Well, you know, it's a, it's a whole different aspect with raising money. You know, New York, you know, to build the skyscraper in New York when the market was thriving, you could raise, you know, $50 million in a couple of days, you know, and that that's changed, you know, and if you're getting money out of New York and it's not in a project in New York, you know, the whole due diligence process is a lot more because they want to learn about North Carolina, you know, North Carolina, you know, I think I wouldn't say it's a challenge, but it's a whole different approach where everything that we do in New York doesn't apply to North Carolina. So you have to kind of go to North Carolina with a clean slate. You know, it's it's a different conversation. You know, you can't be a New York slick. You have to, you know, really find out what's important, you know, and they move at a different pace down there. So, you know, you have to be able to move in. And I think the biggest difference is, is being able to acclimate, acclimate to how, you know, society is a little different. You know, um, fortunately, you know, coming out of New York, I guess I could say you're a little more advanced in some things, but you're at a disadvantage of other things. You know, it's kind of funny. Got it. Got it. So uh, are you planning to do more uh, more uh, development projects in Southeast markets? In the South market, did you say? Yeah, Southeast. Yeah. 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 The Southeast. Yeah. You, we, um, you know, we're now going to start, you know, targeting some other corridors. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're a little North of Raleigh right now. We're, we're going to head in some other directions outside of Raleigh and, um, you know, it's, I guess stay on the outskirts of the triangle. We, uh, we've been getting a lot of deals in Florida and, and we have some stuff in Texas. So, 
you know, we've been focused on those three states right now. And you, know, you asked one question before, you know, anything outside of the, the major cities, you know, where, you know, it's a frenzy and people are paying, you know, ridiculous money you know, is, is, you know, somewhere where there's a, a less barrier to entry, in my opinion. Got it. Got it. And what's your take on like, you know, real estate, multifamily space next one to five years? So my, my thought, you know, is, is, you know, right now, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I mean, I, I'm sensing it and I've, I've seen it is that it's, it's almost a little less expensive to build than it is to buy multifamily now per square footage. It's, it's, it's almost becoming relative. So I think, you know, a lot of people in multifamily may look towards, you know, other avenues of creating multifamily, you know, and look into development. I think multifamily is going to continue to have, you know, demand because, you know, there's a, a tremendous shortage of housing. And, you know, in today's world, you know, people ne- don't necessarily want the responsibility of, of their own home. And, you know, multifamily is, is you know, I think going to be, you know, a big way of the future. You know, I, I'm envisioning, you know, some of the malls where retail is struggling, turning into destinations where you're, you know, you'll see little verticals popping out of malls and, and creating, you know, residential mid rises, you know, possibly in, in some of the, you know, in some of the states throughout the country. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, the good news is I don't think there's going to be any massive uh, fallouts. You know, I think there'll be, you know, an adjustment, but, you know, I think multifamily is going to continue to thrive. Got it. I, I think that I agree with your, your points, like, you know, now building uh, new constructions, uh, less expensive compared to, you know, purchasing C-class or, you know, B-class properties. Yeah. And uh, would you share any of your best development uh, investing experience so far? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess my greatest development experience is some of the projects I did in New York City. You know, one of the projects I did was a billion dollar project in New York City. And, it, you know, it was in actually Brooklyn and it was a financial project, which had uh, some of the largest security um, data centers on the face of the earth. Um, one project was called SIAC. It was for basically the New York and American Stock Exchange, the backup systems for every New York and American Stock Exchange transaction. Another building was for the Brooklyn Union Gas Headquarters, which was the entire network system of you know gas transmission and electric in the underground for the five boroughs. Another one was the E911 headquarters that did you know every emergency call the five boroughs and. That was built for Forest City Ratner, Bruce Ratner, who owned the uh, New Jersey Nets. And as a young man, building that project was absolutely fascinating. Uh, another project I did for the Lefrak organization, 966 residential units as a young man. And I would say my favorite one was the Lehman Mansion on Millionaire's Row on 54th Street, where we renovated the Lehman Mansion and restored it to the original um, state. And it was just a magnificent project. And we turned it into a data center and uh, eventually sold it to a billionaire for like 40 million bucks. So it was pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, would you also share any of your what has start challenging experience in development space? Worst challenging, you said? Yeah. What has start challenging? Yep. Um, the, in the development space, the, the, the most challenging, I, I think, if I'm understanding the question, was I was building a project on 29th Street and we were the foundation was down over 35 feet. It was two levels of parking. And after we we started drilling caissons, it was a it was a secant foundation. And halfway into the foundation, the building next door started to lean. 
And it literally leaned all the way to nine inches before we were able to stabilize it through the installation of uh, structural rakers and injecting concrete underneath the foundation because we found that the soil was unstable. And it was, uh, it was an interesting time. You know, I didn't sleep well that those, those couple of weeks. But the fortunate thing is all of this was being monitored in real time where um, I had cameras monitoring the building with telltales. We knew by the moment as it was moving by the fraction. And, and it was pretty interesting, but I would say that would, was probably the most challenging development experience I ever had, you know, where people were almost evacuated from a building in danger. Got it. Got it. And what is your current focus, Ken? You know, my current focus is, is to really um, make a huge difference in the world with real estate this year. We are going into production in June for a national documentary called Real Estate Today, Keys to Investing with Dennis Quaid. We're real, real excited about that. And, you know, I'm really focused on, you know, sharing my education with the nation. We are focused on our educational platform, Global Real Estate Investment Enterprise, and focused on building, you know, a multi-million dollar fund this year that's going to focus on real estate development throughout the country. Got it. And any one advice that you received have a major impact on you? You know, I would, I would say, you know, the biggest advice that I received was, you know, look at things that you, that you're, that you struggle with that maybe you want to invest in, you know, where you look at it as a cost and try to look at it as a value. And, and especially when you invest in yourself. And I, and I would say the biggest thing is that every year invest in yourself, like take physical money, go to a seminar, buy a program. You know, invest in yourself because investing in yourself is something that no one can ever take away from you. And, and I think it's really important. And then surround yourself with, with mentors and don't try to figure things out yourself. If you find that you're asking yourself the same question or worried about something, call your mentor and talk it through. Yeah. Two powerful advices. Yeah. And any, any of your personal habits that helping you to be successful? Yes. I, I truly believe you are what you eat. You know, and, you know, I have unlimited energy, you know, I, I, I track my sleep, you know, with a sleep ring, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, what you put into your body. And, you know, if you want unlimited energy and you want, you know, to be a leader and set an example, you know, I think well-being is, is something that is important. You know, you can't be walking into a meeting, you know, looking all, you know, out of shape, you know, it's, it doesn't set a good example. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Any books that impacted your life and what way? Yeah. Yeah. My, um, you know, I, I won't say the, you know, I mean, everybody always says think and grow rich, but two books that um, really always had a profound, profound difference on me. One was called Deep Work that uh, I think is profound because that's exactly how I became so successful was, you know, being in that deep work every single day, those hours where you, you hit production at like 40 X, you know, people are just like, you know, how do you do it? And um you know, I think the other one that had such a profound difference because I found myself, it's called gap versus gain. And I always found myself living in the gap. And when you're an overachiever, you know, you, you create these large goals that sometimes are a pretty high mountain. And when you get halfway up the mountain, instead of looking up and, and getting down on yourself, you should look down and get proud of yourself for what you accomplished and then look up. And I think really that was one of the biggest shifts for me is that when I started to live in the gain instead of the gap, it, it just changed everything. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And how are you giving back to community? 
Yeah. You know, I, I surround myself with people that, uh, that are in need, you know, so I, you know, I, I delegate almost everything I, I contribute through the church. Um, you know, we, every time we do a project, you know, we plan on whom we're going to contribute to prior, but it's, it's, and, and every, every month, you know, I give my time, you know, and instead of, um, you know, worried about making a million dollars, you know, I sit with a hundred people in my enterprise and I let, and I try to help them figure out how to get started in real estate. And that's what really floats my boat in the sense that, you know, the human need of contribution and growing and, and learning about patience, something I never had my whole life, you know, and, and being able to, okay, you know, he is where he is or she is where she is. And, they're going to get it when they get it. But, you know, I get to show up. I get to tell people to show up. And that's what it's all about in life. You know, half of it's showing up, um, you know, or a third of it is showing up and a third of it's mindset. And then a third of it's execution and following direction, you know. Got it. Got it. And how can listeners can connect with you? Yes. I mean, I, everybody check out my new website, KenVanLu.com. And, you know, make sure you check out, there's a bunch of free programs, 11millionairesecrets.com tells you literally my, my fondest 11 secrets. There's the eight golden nuggets, which is some more nuggets that, that you get all that's free. There's my book is for free. And then if you want, you know, if you're a serious real estate investor and you want to talk to me, there's a button on there, you know, that, that, that allows you to connect, watch a video, schedule an appointment with me. We get on the phone and uh and figure out you know where you're stuck and how i can help you out but everything you can find on kenvanloo.com or if you go to 11millionairesecrets.com you can dive right into the secrets and have some fun awesome and thank you ken thank you i really enjoyed the conversation thanks for adding value to the show no thank you ram i appreciate it sure thanks for listening to multifamily ap360 Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.